welcome to the Prophecy Club. I've got a couple of what I think you are going to say are some pretty interesting stories today. First of all, my point that I'm trying to make here and what I'm about to say is God is watching over (laughs) every word that I say on this broadcast. I know that sounds kind of like, oh, you know, you're just trying to call attention to yourself. No, not exactly. It's correction, brothers and sisters. And remember, those I love, I rebuke and chasten. So it's a good thing to receive correction of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you about some correction I got just yesterday. Again, my point is that God is watching over every word that I say in this broadcast. And if he'll tell me to remove three words from a broadcast just like he did yesterday. I'm going to tell you the story here in just a second. You got to ask yourself, what would he say if this phrase I'm about to say was inaccurate? If he would make me take out three words, and he did, and I did remove them from the broadcast yesterday, well, actually, well, I guess it would be the, the broadcast yesterday by the time you listen to it. If he'd make me take out three words, what do you suppose he'd do about this phrase if it was inaccurate? And that is the seven Fold Miracle Crusades is the start of the Great Awakening. It is the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. Let me just tell you, if that was wrong, oh, my, oh, 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 ow, ow, as, you, as you're about to discover, uh, that would not go out on, that would not go out on the radio. I promise you, if that was wrong, I know that what I'm doing is what the Lord wants me to do. It's scary. But it's what he wants me to do. And I believe it's what he wants you to do, too. I believe it's what... Look, you've been listening to Prophecy Club for a while. You hadn't been listening for yourself. God has arranged you to find this program, arranged you to continue to listen to it, because he has a plan for your life. This is it. Now, you can ignore that, and you can miss his plan, or you can jump on board. So let me tell you what happened. Again, let me say it again. The Sevenfold Miracle Crusades starting April 19 through 22 of 2019, is the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. There's only a few names written in the Book of Life from the foundation of the world that have not already been saved. Jesus has been promised by the Father that, quote, all that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. The time is short to bring in the remaining people promised to Jesus. Then the beast will be released The seals will be opened, and the tribulation will begin. What we're offering you by the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades is an upper room experience. You might say it's the modern version of the upper room experience. This particular one, the first one, is not being promoted to the public. This is for Prophecy Club people, and pretty much only Prophecy Club people. We're not just trying to find anybody and everybody that wants to get saved or wants to get healed, wants to get a miracle. This is for Prophecy Club people. Okay, so let me tell you what happened. So I made yesterday's broadcast in the afternoon, and I thought it was a pretty good broadcast. (laughs) I mean, there's sometimes I do a broadcast, I thought, "Eh, that wasn't so good. Most of the time, I'm pretty pleased with the broadcast, and I was with yesterday's broadcast. So I made it, I edited, I put in all the music and the opener and all that, then I I posted it up on a website where the radio stations that play it can pull it down, and also from there it's pulled down and posted on the various places where you can pick it up and listen to it, you know, like YouTube and other places. So anyway, 
So I made the broadcast yesterday afternoon, and then I posted it. Well, that evening, as I do most every evening, I was sitting watching Fox News. And all of a sudden, this impression came to my heart. And at first, I ignored it. Uh, But it kept coming back. Now, I've had this happen a lot of times. Because before I do every one of the broadcasts, as I did this broadcast, Lord, give me your anointing. Help me to say the right things and don't let me say the wrong things in Jesus' name. Well, he honors that. And so that evening, this kept coming back to me that I had said these three words, that I needed to remove those three words. So last night, I paused Fox News. I knew it wouldn't take me long to edit them out. I knew about where they were in the broadcast, and they got edited out. I'll tell you right now, so you won't find them. But anyway... So I got up and removed the three phrases containing those words. Now, what I'd said was not wrong, but it could be mistaken. So I knew that either I needed to qualify what I had said. I didn't. It wasn't much. So it was just simpler, and it wasn't that important. So I just deleted it. Then I got distracted, got a phone call, and I actually forgot to post the new broadcast that I had, uh, how do I say, that I had processed. But I forgot to pull down the old broadcast and put up the new broadcast up on the website where the radio stations would pull it down. Which means that if I had stopped right there, that the radio stations would have got the old unedited version and they would not have got the new edited version because I never replaced it. So I got about five o'clock and there was the nudge again. And it was not to replace those words. It was now you did not remove the old and post the new broadcast. So I immediately came in without any other distractions. So I had made me some oatmeal, and I set the oatmeal down. I knew it wouldn't take me long to just come in and post that broadcast and come back and complete my oatmeal. So I came in, and I pulled the old broadcast, posted the new broadcast, and saved it up on. And then all of a sudden, I remembered, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, wait a minute, this is Wednesday. This is fast day, and I had made me a nice bowl of oatmeal. Okay, so now... This is going to tie together to say something important here in just a second. So then I had a decision. Oh, man. Okay, well, maybe I could do my fast another day. No, because you've been telling the people it's important that everybody do the same fast the same day, prayer the, the same prayer the same day so that we pray in agreement. So now, Stan, what are you going to do with this oatmeal? <laughs> you just made this wonderful bowl of oatmeal for yourself. So I thought, all right, we're going we're gonna to do this right. So I went right in there, and boy, it was hard to do, I have to tell you. Now, I kept saying, you know, oh, it's only a couple of bucks worth of oatmeal. So it's, it's okay. So nevertheless, I poured it down the drain, got me a cup of coffee, and I have not had anything to eat. The point there is we have to do the right thing even when it's not really what our flesh wants to do. So I posted the broadcast, and I got it all corrected. And then later on, uh, I went in. I, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, if you're going to walk with the Lord, you got to understand he, he is with you all the time. Now, so I walked in, and this is after I poured the oatmeal back. I, this is I'm sitting here. I'd finished my cup of coffee, and uh, I was going to go back to bed. I was still sleepy, getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, going to sleep about midnight. So I didn't get to sleep. So I was go back to bed, get another hour of sleep. So I walked in, sat down on the, the pot. And I wasn't even, I didn't even say anything. I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I know. I I did the right thing. It was a good thing to pour that oatmeal out. And 
as I was thinking that, I didn't say anything. As I was thinking that, the anointing came on me. And that was the Lord saying, you did good, Stan. You did right. Now, I tell the story to tell you one thing. In case you're thinking, oh, Stan's getting this crusade up together for whatever kind of a fleshy reason you might come up with. I just want to let you know, this crusade, it's not my idea. (laughs) It's not my idea. And it is not my idea to say it is going to be the start of the Great Awakening. It's the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. Those were not my words. That was the words. Remember I told you the story. All right, I'll tell you again. Those were the words of the guy that sent us a very large donation. So here's the story on that. And I've told it before, but what I'm trying to say is, come to the Crusades. You will be making a very big mistake if you're not at this crusade. And I'm praying that I don't care how many people show up. What I care is that the right people show up. Because I believe at the end of this crusade, the sevenfold miracles for the end times, miracles like no human and no angel has ever seen in history, will have started. Those people that attend this will be touched. Their lives will be touched, and they will never be the same. I've told you, I'm going to be praying and laying hands on everyone that attends, and I'm going to be praying two things. I'm going to be praying that God will give them the anointing to understand and teach Bible prophecy, which is one of the reasons, not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons I'm encouraging everyone that attends to read my book, because this is about winning souls, and Bible prophecy and the end times is going to win more souls than probably any other message short of the very gospel itself. End time Bible prophecy is going to be the greatest thing to bring in people into the kingdom in these last days. So I'm going to lay hands on and anoint people with oil, every person that attends, to receive the gift of imparting miracles to them and also to be able to teach and understand Bible prophecy so that you can give an answer to people in these last days. I really believe that March is going to be the time of judgment. Probably we're about to see 82,000 people arrested this month. Uh, Q has put out something that says that 21 days, something he said it three times, something big, big, big is going to be happening. And if you count down, that would mean that on March the 19th, and let me just say, I do not think that 82,000 people are going to be arrested on March 19th. I'm not certain what happens, but something big, Q says, which I believe is one of the right-hand men to to President Trump, something really big is going to happen on March 19th. I do believe that March is the time of judgment. Probably the 82,000 indictments will be uh, unsealed and arrested. And then April is going to be miracles. Why? Because this, as a matter of fact, I made a whole video up on YouTube, if you want to know all the details on that, because Jesus is running out of time. Lucifer is pressuring him. He wants his seven years. He wants his tribulation. He's time to receive the worship of all of the world. And so he's pressuring Jesus to get it started. Jesus was promised, however, that he gets to get all of the people whose names were written in the book of life. And not everyone that was written in the book of life has come to him yet. So what you and I are doing is we're trying to be a help to bring in those last few remaining people whose names are in the book of life, but they have not come to receive Jesus yet. 
And the thing that will get them to attend a meeting, like nothing else, to get saved, like nothing else, is miracles, not just normal miracles. And there have been some fantastic miracles. But what we're about to see, brothers and sisters, is sevenfold miracles. Miracles seven times bigger or seven times more, whatever that might mean. I don't know if that is like everybody's dental work all of a sudden just spitting out of their mouth and they have new teeth. I don't know if that's people getting out of wheelchairs. I mean, those kind of things have happened before the wheelchairs things. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that this is the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. Now, if that was not correct, believe me, I would have been told to take that out of the past broadcasts a long time ago. Okay, so back to what I was saying. The the point was, if I'm saying something wrong in the broadcast, I get corrected. I get told to take it out of the broadcast. This has happened probably 10 times over the last couple of years where I've said something and I had to take it out of the broadcast because he kept bringing it to my heart that that was not right or he didn't want the, Maybe it was right. <laughs> there was a couple of times where I said something right, but he didn't want it in there. So I took it out. I'm only saying if the things I'm saying are not correct, I would have been told to remove them. So if you believe what I'm saying, then you can count on that this is approved of God. And if you do believe that, then if you want to be a part of the last move of God, the last days of God, if you want to be a part of that, then you get yourself to this crusade. Yes, it costs $222. That's a registration fee, but that is a filter. And yes, we ask for three days of fasting before you get there. That's another filter. Why? Because God is not going to hand his best gifts out to just anyone. He is looking for those people that believe in Bible prophecy, believe in Demetrius' message, understands that Bible prophecy is going to win a lot of people, and those people that have a prayer closet, ideally, that he can anoint to be a wonder, a miracle worker. Someone, I mean, look, Paul said, I don't come to you with words of enticing words of men's wisdom, but with demonstration with power. See, that's what's been missing from the church from really about the last, I don't know, 70 years, somewhere in there, because the professors say, I mean, I've heard a story about a college professor that would start every year and he would hold up a glass pitcher and say, is there anyone in here that believes in God? Yeah, he raised a hand. He says, all right, you pray that this glass pitcher won't break when I drop it. And this guy would do this every year to insult the Christians. Well, one year, a Christian, I heard, really believed and stood up and started praying. So the man dropped the pitcher, but the pitcher hit the, the professor's toe and rolled across the room, and the pitcher did not break. Hmm. Well, you see, when you have signs and wonders the real thing, when you can hold up water and say, okay, well, if Jesus is really Lord, then take a drink of this water, and then whatever is left in the glass, just drink about half it, pour it out on the ground, and as as you pour it out, it will turn to blood. Do you think that that might convince someone to receive Jesus? Okay, so someone dies, and you say, all right, well, if Jesus is Lord, then I will pray and Jesus will bring him back to life. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what the sevenfold miracles are, but I do believe those kind of things are going to be used. Why? Because this is the great awakening. This is 
probably there's going to be more people saved between now and the return of Jesus, which is probably in the ballpark of 8, 10, 12, 14, somewhere in there. I'm not trying to set a date, but I'm, I'm just saying we're really, really close. That's my point. Probably more people are going to be saved between now and the return of Jesus than have been saved all the way back to the, the first visit of Jesus 2,000 years ago. They say that there's more people alive on the earth right now than has ever lived on the earth. About this crusade or spiritual matters, our views on YouTube go down. But when I talk about the Marines arresting some 82,000 people, they go up, they go crazy. Now, let me just say, I think that those people are misunderstanding the heart of Jesus. If a person is more interested in arrests than miracles and souls, I think that they're looking at their own life a little bit too much and not looking at life from the eyes of Jesus. Perhaps they're putting too much emphasis on their life and their problems and not the objectives of Jesus to gather those whose name is in the book of life and get them out of destruction and into eternal life. See, there's nothing, nothing more exhilarating than winning a soul to Jesus. Let me tell you a story. This was probably five to seven years before God called me to start Prophecy Club. And I believe this was the hand of the Lord. It was a test. I passed the test. At the time, I was in sales, and I was selling these courses for people to learn to gain confidence speaking for a group of people. They also had a sales course, a management course. And I called this guy, and I was trying to get him to meet me for a cup of coffee so that I could convince him that this course is going to help him. And he said, well, actually, I'm not trying to get ahead in business. I'm actually trying to get out of business. I'm trying to get full-time into the ministry. I said, really? This is the way you do. He said, well, I go out and I do a Bible study out here at the local jail every Friday night. I said, well, I'd be interested in doing that with you. But he didn't really believe me. I said, okay, well, where do I meet you? He says, well, we, we meet at this little church. I'll never forget it. And we pray for a while, and then we go over and do the Bible study. Meet me there at, say, you know, 5 o'clock, whatever the time was. So I met him there. We prayed in the church, and there was another guy. So the three of us went over to the jail. Now, <laughs> it's the first, first time I'd ever did anything like this. So I walked into this jail, and, you know, it's a scary thing. You know, you're looking at all these bars, and it was like lions, tigers, and bears. <laughs> lions, tigers, and bears. It's a scary thing to walk into a jail with all those bars. And they said, okay, well, won't you sit here? And it was actually a jail cell. Won't you sit here? And I said, where are you guys going? He said, well, we're going to walk down the little walkway there, and we're going to invite the guys to come into the Bible study. And so they were gone for a minute. It was like, again, it was scary. So I sat there. <laughs> Directly they came back, and there was two or three guys that came back for the Bible study with them. I said, where'd you guys go? He said, well, along the jail cells down there, there's a little walkway, and we just walk down the walkway and invite the people to come into the Bible study. And they, these guys come in and he said, but there was one guy that needs to come in, but he won't come in. All of a sudden, this confidence came on me, this boldness. <laughs> I've been scared to death moments before. Now this boldness comes on me. So I said, all right, well, let me go down and talk to him. 
So I walked down the little walkway, and it was about four foot wide, and I, I theorized if one of them was trying to reach through the bars to grab me, I could put my back up against the wall, and they wouldn't be able to reach me. So I was fairly confident I was <laughs> I was safe. So I walked down there, and uh, I, I said, hey, you want to come to the Bible study? This guy now, he had on that orange jumpsuit, and he had the top part taken off, and he just had it at the arms like tied around his waist. So he was bare from the the waist up and had the orange jumpsuit like trousers on the bottom. And so I could see the top part, and he was just covered in tattoos. And he looked like he just stepped off of a Harley Davidson and some kind of a gang member. And he looked like he would cut your throat and smile about it and not even blink. So I I said, would, would you like to come to the Bible study? He said, no. I said, look it. If you'll come into the Bible study, I'll show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. No. And then I saw something. I mean, God showed me. I said, let me just tell you. I see you one day on your knees in a grassy field with a three fifty seven barrel in your mouth pulling the trigger. I said, if you don't find some peace in your life, you are going to kill yourself. You've got to find true peace, joy, and happiness. And the guy actually looked up and actually looked at me. Then he looked back down. He said, nah. And I said, you know, I said, uh, this is up in Kansas. I said, you know, I was raised in Texas. I said, I don't know how it is here in Kansas, but in Texas, a dare means something. And I said, I dare you to come into the Bible study. It's not going to hurt you. No one's going to hit you. It's not going to embarrass you. All I will do is show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. He looked up at me. He looked back down. Oh, I can remember it specifically, just like I was there right now. Then he said, nah, nah. And I said, all right. I said, I double dog dare you to come into the Bible study. I said, look, no one's going to hurt you. You're not going to be embarrassed. You can come back here to your jail cell anytime you want to. But I promise you, if you will come into the Bible study, I will show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. At that, the guy looked up. He said, all right, I'll come in. Well, then I thought, man, did I make a mistake? I mean, I'm going to be in a jail cell with a guy that looks like he could kill me. So nevertheless, we walked in, and there's about five guys in there. And I turned to these other new guys. I'm new. And I said, look, at I promised this guy to show him how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. Would you mind if I take a second and just show him? No, no, that'd be fine. So I explained the salvation story to him. It took probably five to seven minutes. I said, now, would you like to receive Jesus? He said, yes. So I took his hands and I led him in a sinner's prayer. And when I looked up, big tears were flowing down his face. I mean, the front of his uh, chest was already wet with tears. I mean, just crying all over. And he received Jesus. For the rest of the Bible study, he was very excited. Well, the next week when I came back, oh man, was he excited. I mean, a changed man. He could not wait to see me. Now, I tell the story for this. There is nothing, there is nothing on this planet more exciting, more exhilarating, more satisfying, more pleasing than being able to hold someone's hand and to lead them to the Lord like that just happened.
That man's life was changed. Probably that man, probably God did show me a vision that one of these days he was going to just kill himself if he didn't get some peace, joy, and happiness in his life. You've been listening to Prophecy Club for a while. You know me. If you want to be able to lead people to the Lord, I don't mean just by the ones and the twosies, but by the twenties and the thirties and the hundreds and maybe the thousands, if you want to be able to do that, then the crusade is where you get the anointing to do that. It's not necessarily going to come by memorizing the Bible. Believe me, I know. It comes because the services of God are more caught than taught. I will lay hands on you. I will pray and anoint with oil that you will receive the anointing for miracles to hand those miracles off to other people and also to preach and to teach Bible prophecy to give a warning, to give an answer to people in the last days. If you want to lead people to the Lord, then here, let me just pray for you. Lord, you speak to the heart right now. The people that you want to be at this meeting, you speak to the heart. And if they have a nudge in their heart, then you make a way that that 222 financial gift is not a problem, that getting off all of the hotel expenses, the airfare, all of the expenses, everything. You make a way. You make the way and the means for them to get there. You speak to the heart right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, if they're supposed to be at this crusade, and then you help them get there in Jesus' name. Now, if you want to be at the crusade, you go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. 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 Sevenfold. MiracleCrusades.com. Get signed up for the crusade. In 2017, when I memorized the book of Revelation, it was only going to be a project. I mean, I'd memorized Psalm 23, enjoyed that, memorized Psalm 91. So then I got to thinking, hey, I guess I can memorize. So it was laid on my heart then to memorize the whole book of Revelation. So it was only a project. Didn't think I was going to gain too much from it. Frankly, I've been teaching the book so long, I I, mean, I can't say I thought I knew it all, but I mean, I was pretty familiar with it. But to my surprise, I began to really receive these revelations. I'm talking about revelations in a blink of an eye that would take me two or three minutes, sometimes five or ten minutes to explain it to you. Thirty revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Econ paper. Then God showed me a secret door, one word in Revelation and the same word in Leviticus, which is a secret door that linked the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, all of a sudden you walk into a new realm of understanding Bible prophecy. And I'm going to say, since I didn't know anything in this book two years ago when I started memorizing Book of Revelation, you probably don't know anything in this book either. I honestly believe now, I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I'm not trying to put that put you down. I'm trying to say, look, this is really, really a good book, and you'll be really glad you got it. Had a guest apostle come through, and while he was there, I asked him to give me a personal prophecy. One of the sentences he said in the prophecy was right on, and he had no way of knowing that it was so right on. He said, there is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation, and that I'm going to open it to you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That door, that word is the secret door. You'll get a new light shown in your heart 
as a chosen vessel of mine to put the pieces of the puzzle together, said the prophecy. So the topics are, obviously, secret door of prophecy. Jesus returns on this feast, the secret of the feasts, who are the two witnesses, because they're not Enoch and Elijah. What is the morning star? Also, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne explained, and the nations. Also, what is the cry? The parables explained. The seals, trumpets, and vials, and in what order they go. And in the back of the book, I have two amazing prophecy charts on a 12-inch by 9-inch backside, so they are laid out, and it is an awesome book. One book for 20 5 for 30 10 for 55 Don't recommend you get one for 20 What I want you to do is at least get 5 for 30 That gives you four books to give away. One for 20 5 for 30 10 for 55 One for 20 5 for 30 10 copies for $55. One for 20 5 for 30 10 for 55 Don't get the one for 20 Get at least 5 for 30 You get that at prophecyclub.com. Sign up for the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. So that's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com or prophecyclub.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Over 150 conferences and 50 debates defending the King James Version gives Adam Johnson the right to tell us what is the best Bible version in his new triple DVD set called King James or 400 Counterfeits, available at prophecyclub.com, gift of $45, prophecyclub.com.